Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode. Uh, oh, somebody's got their speaker open. Uh, episode 725 recording today, live on uh, Wednesday, the 24th of August. Welcome to One and All. This is a music technology podcast where we talk about things to do with music technology. It being summer, that's a bit of a stretch sometimes just because everybody goes on holiday and they don't make or release things so often. But we've got plenty to talk about still. And I do welcome all our friends in the YouTube chat, uh, the IRC chat and in the discord and i think uh everything's going through oh uh, yes youtube chat looks like we've got everybody coming in which means that i can throw uh the uh, and this is working means i can throw the um the lower thirds up and toss the occasional chat in oh that's the wrong one let's do that one uh, afternoon all says mr gumvy there we go and uh, I, uh, but we've also got questions in from our uh from twitter and we've also got questions in from uh from everybody else so if you do have a question for the panel and this could be just a general audio question or something specific all you got to do is in the live chat uh start your uh question with a qq and we'll get around to it. it should be caught and i can make a little list hopefully we'll get around to it but if not it should stay in the list and we might be able to get to it next week so that's the idea I'm trying to build this up as a feature it's working but welcome everybody thank you very much and uh, thank you to everybody so i'm a bit flustered i'll tell the story now because um those of you who weren't watching on the pre-show which is available on patreon by the way i uh, will uh, will know that the doorbell just went um jane came up and said there's somebody at the door with a massive lorry and the delivery of loads of bags of sand and cement it's supposed to come on friday and they delivered it on wednesday the guy said oh sorry what do you not want it then and i'm like well i, I kind of do but i can't <laughs> So anyway, that's why I'm, I'm a bit thrown. Uh, but while I'm uh, while I'm thrown, I, I'll just mention this. Actually, we just posted Hi, this up on Patreon, which is uh, from our Roland uh, thing. There was a, um, at the store. They did a 45 minute chat with all of these artists. Uh, my name is Jack Garrett. I'm a musician and producer and performer. Uh, I'm Rachel Kikalia. I'm an electronic music producer and performer. Um, why? Why? Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, Andy shot the whole thing. Uh, this 45 minutes chat with those people, Sister Bliss, Steve Levine. Uh, I've forgotten the third guy's name uh, and uh, the guy from Dire Straits and a guy called Gerald. If you want to check that out, it's an exclusive video on Patreon. Join us on Patreon. We now do annual uh, subscriptions as well at quite a hefty discount if you're interested in that. Anyway, that's all of that stuff. Let's say hello to our guests because we have, uh, well, I think I remember you from last week, Matt. Isn't that right? How are you? Matt Hodson, yeah. aka Maths, Maths, Maths. How are you, Matt? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm sorry if the views are getting a little bit sick of me. I know I've been on for a few Never. weeks straight, but um, but uh, it's it's what we love to do, isn't it? We love to geek out about music production and synths and all that sort of stuff. So how can how can I turn you down, Nick? How can I turn you down? I'm exactly. Well, I'm good, though, it's appreciated. Um, yeah, did you no, say you had something good. happening this afternoon? Have you got have you got like a, your own stream happening this afternoon? You say you're doing something. I yeah, I have actually. Uh, six o'clock tonight, I'm going to be chatting with Matt Preston, who ran Matech Modular, um, which we've talked about actually on the show before. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Matech Modular, it's a Eurorack specialist online shop, uh, recently closed or is in the midst of closing. So I'm going to chat to Matt tonight um, on my YouTube channel, six o'clock, and we're going to kind of talk about the current climate of buying selling euro rack setting up your own business um he's also gonna you know he's gonna offer some tips to anyone who's thinking of setting up their own businesses and doing things like this um and just giving us that sort of insider view on everything so yeah please do join us if you've got any questions for us it's going to be live and um i think it's going to be an interesting chat so you're going to go straight from this pretty much and on to, so you're, you've got an entire an entire day of live streaming sorted out. Anyway, well, lovely to, <laughs> lovely to have you, Matt. And I hope you Cheers. get a good audience there as well, because I'm sure people will be very interested in that. And Thanks, we Nick. also have uh, Paulie Bow from... <laughs> Look, I've even updated your lower third. Uh, and you've got your first video out, which is on uh, my fave five creative reverbs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've actually done 10, but the video is getting way too long. So I was like, I'll split it into two. And uh, I've put the first half out. So the second half will come out whenever I have time because, you know, <laughs> my baby's kind of looming large. But um, it's been great. I've had a great response. Someone said, I'm attempting to be the Stanley Kubrick of video, uh, YouTube video demonstrators, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with all my, my, nice. my shots and 
and cuts and things like that. But um, I was actually just doing that because I, I didn't have a particularly good camera at the time. And I was like, if you can't make a really good, pristine, crystalline video, just make it, you know, lo-fi on purpose. Just put VHS filters on everything and, you know, <laughs> make it look even worse. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. I did a really good um, response. And I'm sure someone will, Wagyu will probably pop the link in the chat if anyone's missed it. I doubt anyone's missed it because I've been, like, promoting it like hell all week. <laughs> yeah, well, we shared it on Facebook and uh, I think Twitter. I, I've shared it a couple of places, but uh, the link will go in uh, – well, the, the link will go um, in your lower third, actually. I'm, have I got the link nice. ready to go? I'm trying to look for it. Ah, and, here uh, we go. I'm going to stick it in the chat now. If I put it in the uh, YouTube chat, then it will show up uh, at the right place. There we go. That's in there now, so that's that's handy. Also, um, I want to say yeah. thanks for the um, thanks for the help with the synthesizer solo at the end of the video. <laughs> yeah, I, I still feel a little uncomfortable with it. I realised I used pitch bend, which is it's a bit of a ghastly oh. kind of guitar guitar guitarism trope and i just thought oh, i don't know how i feel about that oh the sun's gone in so i, I think i need to uh turn up my turn up my camera oh no maybe it's that way that's the way turn up the light. Games. anyway okay right well let's get on to a couple of topics actually i've, uh, I've got a, a one thing i want to get in there just before uh before we go too much further is uh now let me see i think i can push this here if i clip this one and i think this will show up does it yeah here we go this is um yeah here it comes so this was imam darby um which was uh jamie's uh, uh this is a clip this was that i think well i thought it was them setting up but it seems yeah it is them setting up with a bit of music hopefully we won't get busted on that youtube are pretty hot at the moment um and um the big news is that I think uh, if I push this, yeah, Geosynth is doing an EMOM in Blackpool on Saturday night, August 26, 7 yeah. to 11. Uh, you can go along there. Uh, and uh, um, Jamie, that's Geosynth, he's sort of flexing his streaming muscle. I'd love to make it. But uh, if you go to that URL uh, that should show up in the, uh, in, in the YouTube links, then you will see, you know, you'll be able to find the event details and go. If not, you can watch it live streaming. I just wanted to post that sort of mm. to get on the go. But I, but I mean, the other thing is, I don't know if either of you saw the EMOM. The EMOM is uh, electronic open electronic music open mic night. In fact, I've started to make yeah. inquiries as to doing one in Bath um, sometime before the end of the year. And I've just Amazing. found a venue which may be suitable. It's the football ground in Bath because it's got masses of parking because parking is a nightmare in Bath. Okay. But this is slightly outside of Bath and there's a huge parking space outside it and then there's a sort of big bar. I mean, it's not the most beautiful place, but it's probably quite affordable. Yeah. And they've got – I'm going to go and check the internet out. But I just thought, Amazing. what do we think? I mean, are you tempted by this sort of thing? I mean, either going or performing? I mean, no, it's quite a, a, an ask to yeah. just go, even if it's just 20 minutes. No, definitely. I mean, I haven't really performed live since I was doing my band stuff. And I've got to say about being a band live, it's really quite stressful setting everything up for each oh, gig, God, you know, it? like doing the doing all the mics on the drums and blah, blah, blah. I'd love to rock up to one of these, probably with my Amiga 1200 to do the, um, the MIDI sequencing whilst running a, through a few samples out of it into my modular and just, um, you know, rocking some, some songs. I would you have really a would you would you have a CRT with you for that? Would you be bringing a CRT sure. with the Amiga? Sure, bro. I'll bring oh. I'll bring a CRT if you want me to. I mean, I can run off L LCD, but if you need a CRT, Nick, then and not the, the the. the the trick is with all of these things is try because I think Jamie's got twelve people playing. I don't know how many they had in Derby. It was maybe eight or ten, but it's getting sure. the turnarounds to be quick, and so that that requires people not bringing you know massively complicated things. You sort of almost sure. want to be able to just go clonk. I think what we'd do is maybe try and have two two sections, but we'd stream it anyway. Yeah. And, and Matt, I know you'd be up for it because you're playing live all the time, and you just rock up with your case, yeah. and I'm sure you could play. I imagine it'd be harder for you to play. Yeah for 20 minutes than than an hour <laughs> uh yeah it's i think the way that i would treat this and i've seen a lot of these cropping up more and more emoms uh they're certainly going on down here in brighton uh and london um 
But I think the way that I would treat these is really as a platform for me to, to, to try something new, to experiment a little bit, maybe to take yeah. to, together like a, a very minimal setup or to take uh, some equipment I haven't really used and kind of force myself to, to perform and create something on the fly, something brand new. Um, there's actually something I, I've, I've been part of and there's a few really cool guys who do uh, something called the Brighton Modular Meet. And um, uh, no, Brighton Modular Sessions, I think it is. And uh, what we used to do there, they, they used to have modular people turn up, you bring your case, and uh, you kind of go back to back. So someone's on for like 10 minutes, then you're on for 10 minutes, and it's, it's just like a very quick crossover. So you've got very little time to prepare. Everything's very kind of made in the moment. Um, there's no kind of rules. Um, and then you end up with all sorts of interesting out outcomes and output. And I, I think the thing I take away from those sort of nights is going up to people and saying, hey, you know, uh, what was you doing there with that oscillator yeah. or that filter or something? And they might have just done something that hit my ear. And I was like, I like that. There's the yeah, how are you doing that? And then it just creates conversation. People get chatting, networking. And um, yeah, I think these things are re really good from that point of view. I wonder if we could do something. Because I remember seeing in Bath, there was a, it was a dance battle. And I've never seen mm. one of those before. And it was really exciting. Really, really. I wonder if you could do a similar thing. I don't suppose, I mean, modular jamming is not really a kind of adversarial or kind of one-uppy <laughs> kind of thing. It's quite hard to, to kind of just sort of bust your move and, 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 and sort of mic drop and walk off. And everyone True. goes, whoa and then the next one comes in but it might be something yeah. uh, we'll look into it i mean i think we've done we've done live events before and to be honest they're very stressful to organize so it might be sure. we try you know and film somebody else's first and then do our own but i think it'd be fun to do our own and that's something i i just think emom it seems to be a growing trend and it's it's great i mean that there was in the derby one it's well worth checking out there's lots of really interesting variants on you know guy with a computer or somebody with a circuit or somebody with a, a tracker you know they're really yeah. very compact and some of the stuff was actually musically really good and it's just a 20 minute set so i think jamie uh, we'll have a great show in, in Blackpool. I hope the venue's good and he gets good internet and stuff because that's always stressful too. But uh, that's what I'm going to go and go down and check at the this venue I've got in mind. I'm going to go down with a speed yeah. test and make sure yeah, there's right. a wire. And it may be something that we can do. So uh, we'll see. Good we'll luck, see Jamie. Yeah. Good luck, Jamie and the crew. Hope it goes well. Um, I th think it'd be Sorry, awesome. Man. Another another thing you might want to con consider Jamie or, or even you, Nick, if you, if you pull this off the ground is, is having some pre set up equipment, you know, you could have like a drum machine, a monosynth, um, yeah. and a sequence or something. And people are only allowed to use that and you get maybe 10 minutes to come oh. up with something and then you're live or something like that. So kind of like what oh. we talked before about make noise <laughs> sending around their kind of, you know, their system bring and then it. getting people to bring it, to Matt. Create I'll do it. That. Yeah, do you, do you know what I mean, Paul? That that's is, so, that's, 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 so that's right scary. In. Yeah, that's scary. Well, good, scary, eh? Interesting yeah. idea. I wonder. How, it's a bit like I, I don't know whether because I'm not a singer, but I've been I've been at that situation where we go to the pub and there's a karaoke thing going on. There's very rare that they do that, and then somebody who didn't think would be in any way kind of up for that suddenly is up there and they're doing it, and you sort of suddenly feel all this pressure to kind of perform. And I've I've been in that situation so, and I can't sing. I'm thinking. Am I going to do it? I'm going to do it. Okay. Am I going to do it? I'm going to... And then it comes to the end of it and I just haven't got the bottle to do it. So I imagine it might be a similar sort of vibe to that, but that's a great idea. Um, it might be uh, something that we could, we could think on actually, uh, because it's a big space. We could have several tables, What we need are tables on wheels. So that we just go, you set up here, that one gets wheeled off. Yeah. That one gets wheeled on. It's really, cause yeah. so it, it's moving the cameras nice. and stuff. That's the pain. It's, it's, that's the difficult thing, but yeah. Okay, interesting. I like the idea of that, though. Great thought. Um, actually, before we get going, let's, uh, we may as well just uh, bring uh, a, a message in from our friends over at, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, I'm trying to make which way round it is. I, you, I try and do them either or, and I think it was last week, it was Baby Audio first, so we'll have a, a word from our friends over at Isotope. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. 
will also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And of course, if you want to save a 10% on anything from Isotope uh, that's not subscriptions, but any of their other plugins, including sale items by the looks of things, mm. uh, head over to son uh, isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, where they've got a special landing page and you use the code SONIC10 at checkout to claim your 10% off. Once again, we thank them very much for their continued support. Uh, I've just got to throw this one up here. This is uh, via Ken Lewis. When are we going to get invite Prince Charles Alexander onto the show? It's a name we're so familiar with, yet I I'm unaware of his work. I think I need to follow it up. But yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, we should uh, we should see if we can get them get them to come on. Anyway, um, right. Let's have a look. See where we are uh, in terms of. Uh, uh yeah. Okay, here we go. Now, this is actually, uh, there's not really anything. Oh, yeah, no, I have got something to play for this because I just thought, wasn't it nice? Which um, I can just some moves are up play. by 40%. I thought I'd play some Matriarch. It's a polyphonic patch. And it is a lovely, this was a lovely instrument, I have to say. I think this is a cracker. Which is four square waves. Uh, Anyway, I think what the original headline is essentially it was on uh, Synthotopia uh, uh, and Synth Anatomy. Move synth prices are rising. Here's why. I think Synth Anatomy, some you know, initial thoughts were it might be up to 60% or something, which is, is not the case. Some are only going up yeah. 5 or 10%. Two big ones are Grandmother, 38%. Uh, don't forget, you know, that was probably, that was announced, I think, and designed before the 25% Chinese part, electronic parts US tax that came in. So that's going to massively affect things. And I think the subsequent mm. 25 is 41%, but many are, are much less. But this is obviously a bigger trend. And um, it, it's, I think we're really starting to see this kick in. I know, uh, Matt, you posted a couple of things, you know, uh, WMD are kind of having a fire sale because they're just shutting down or mothballing. We don't know if they're going out of business or whether they're just stopping until it's... I mean, this is actually proving to be a big issue for a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And yeah, the sad news of WMD who haven't said that they're completely closing forever. Let's hope it's a hiatus um there was justin my friend who does abstract data was just posting today actually on the internet about how um they're waiting now for over a year for some of these chips that they need and the prices have gone up tenfold so it's a sign of the times and it, it, it's, it's really starting to hit home with me not just for my own energy bills and things like that but obviously buying studio equipment and uh, and that kind of thing it's just um a lot of it's just not becoming affordable if you're buying outside of the UK. And I think mm. it is good to support local shops as much as you can. Um, I try and do that anyway. Um, but, you know, 60%, I mean, that, that's not 10%. That's not 20%. That's that's 60%, Nick. It's, it's a big increase, isn't it? Well, I mean, I should say I don't think it... 60% was the headline, but I think actually ended up being closer to 40. I mean, it's still a lot. I mean, yeah, okay. there's no denying yeah. it. But, uh, but, and that's only on a couple of things, but we're obviously going to see a bit. I mean, on the flip side, obviously Behringer did their, you know, their strategy was kind of look what we're going to make, look what we're going to make. And they've got this, I don't know how long their list of things that they're waiting mm. to make is, but it's yeah. massive. And presumably none of this stuff is going to happen until they can get the parts at an affordable price and they're buying in big chunks so you know th this is going yeah, to affect everybody and availability yeah i get i guess behringer have got i mean Muga a big name right but my understanding i could be wrong here nick my understanding is that that there's not a massive amount of employers in uh, employees in that company whereas behringer i think there's there's more um so I was also thinking, well, you know, is Behringer able to kind of deviate this somehow and start creating, mm -hmm. creating stuff a bit differently and changing their chipsets and that kind of thing? I, I don't know. 
Um, I d we don't know enough. Don't know enough. This is why I'm interested talking to Matt tonight from Matech Not Modular, who might know a little bit more behind the scenes on this kind of thing. Well, it, I mean, as far as I know, uh, Paulie, you may you may know as well. It's the the, the chip fabs, which are, we've spoke about this yeah. before. The fa the fabrication plants, there just aren't enough of them. So, you know, usually these things because they they scale. There's like maybe one massive yeah. factory that does all the the, the thirty three forty type chips or whatever it is that we use in synthesis. And if there's anything that happens to that, that affects everything. So it's 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 a question of maybe kind of having lots more smaller, paying a little bit more rather than being completely screwed by you know these blockages that are going to happen sure shame about behringer because i'm still waiting on a profit vs <laughs> or something like that or a ppg wave and affordable you know kind of hybrids and stuff like that um although i am currently saving for a waldorf m so i'm hoping that sorry i'm hoping that by the time i've got the money for the waldorf m it won't have shot up, <laughs> you know, 40% or something like that. Because well, that's a I worry, mean, isn't it? Save the money yeah, up. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, uh, there are comments. Uh, let me just see. Where, where's the one? Uh, Matt Graham Music. Let me see if I can get that. We may gasp. We may have to use the synths we already have, which is a fair point. And, yeah. you know, yeah, yes. It is. But then where would we be? Where would be no Sonic Talk? There'd be, if there's no new stuff and we didn't want it, then there wasn't gas. But I think that's <laughs> on a more serious note. I think we are. I mean, I think um, I think John Van Eaton last week posted something which was along the lines of, you know, there is actually... Um, uh, Sweetwater are now looking into uh, trading on used equipment as well. And I think we're going to, mm, right. presumably, this means we're going to see a lot more used market because yeah. obviously these synths were, have been through the system. They were bought at a certain price and, and people may, they may start to hold their prices, but they're still going to be cheaper than buying new ones. So I imagine we're going to see That's right. a, a real kind of change in the topography of how that works. My, um, the Sweetwater. Whole... Sorry, you go first if you want. That's right, Polly, you go. Um, my kind of channel ethos is about looking at unloved, slightly obscure synths, you know, ones that might not be the prettiest or the easiest to use. So we might get some kind of renaissance of make, do and mend, you know, and uh, and people buying up old, interesting equipment and, and using it in new ways. Kind of like, you know, the 303 and the 909 all over again, but but with weird digital stuff or hybrid stuff that's an interesting thought so maybe what we'll actually start to see are kind of mods to existing maybe cheaper yeah. um stuff that yeah. that turns them into something else that then becomes something that's much yeah. easier so you know that much easier to to have done and then suddenly it becomes a, a slightly yeah. different instrument and has maybe a more of a nice interesting thought programmers and things like that you know like they've yeah. got one for synths like the Matrix Six and the the DSS One, which are not the friendliest synths in the world. I mean, I love them, but I'm a masochist. I've said this before. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can get kind of knob boxes for these things as well, JX3P as well, and stuff like that now. So maybe we'll see that. Yeah, Matt, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, I was just going to say the Sweetwater thing's quite interesting because. My understanding is that you can you can sell your stuff on there, um, and Sweetwater have got a, a big reach, and there's no fees if you trade if you sell um, instead of getting the money you actually get Sweetwater credits or credit for mm -hmm. buying stuff on their website, which is really mm -hmm. I think that's quite an interesting move. Um, you can see there that there's a company really just trying to think, you know, what can we do in this current climate to help move things along a bit. And I, I think that's an interesting way. And then, um, then of course, there isn't really, to my knowledge, um, an, a store as such that deals bespokely with um, with this stuff secondhand. Everything of this is usually private or on Reverb or on eBay mm. and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, actually, again, that's a question for maybe Matt for later about, you know, why, what happens there in the secondhand market with stuff. and. Yeah. Um, it maybe here's a question for people in the chat room because I haven't been buying anything recently, particularly off eBay. But are we seeing prices increase on secondhand equipment on things like Reverb and eBay, people, or are we at the at the minute are we seeing things pretty? 
pretty much I, steady. I think it's. I think we inevitably will, even if uh, if I might jump in and, and pre preempt the answers. I'm sure people will have yeah. their own answers, but I, I, it's going to be inevitable. It may not have happened yet, but it's going to happen mm. pretty sharpish. As everybody's going to have to go, it costs as as and this is going to, as the stock turns over. So you know, big big container of stuff comes to Europe, is distributed to the different countries. Once that container is empty, that's sort of the price fixed. Then the next container comes over, is going to have all the new prices attached to it because it's you know shipping a container has gone up by, I don't know, three three four hundred percent. Let's say you know it's gone up a lot. So just getting the stuff here. So once it's gone, then the new batches. That's when we start to see it. And it depends, I suppose, how quickly these things are selling. If somebody's had a warehouse full of, I don't know, um, sub sub thirty sevens, say for instance, and now that's yeah. gone, so they can't be sold at that price anymore because the new ones have to come in at the new manufacturer price, the new shipping price. Yes. Then it's inevitable. I mean. It's, that's just the way it, it will be. I mean, uh, but hopefully it won't last forever because, you know, we all want, uh, we all want enjoy, I mean, you know, the occasional new instrument. I mean, I suppose I, I, I don't buy sure. a lot of them, but I'm, I'm lucky in that I get a lot of them through, through my hands because I get to try them out, you yeah. know, and, um, but yeah, that's a different. Anyway, I thought that was worth throwing in there. I mean, that's kind of a, a big topic and has a lot more interesting uh, connotations yeah. as well. I mean, it's definitely, there's just so much. Yeah, there's so, there's so much going on in the world at the moment with that that I think we're inevitably going to see. I mean, I, I, I we asked the question as well previously, didn't we? That are we going to see people moving back to acoustic things because they're cheaper to run? You don't need electricity. Do you think by necessity there will be a kind of resurgence of sitting by the fire playing an acoustic guitar or a ukulele? I'm disappointed it's not a SpongeBob ukulele, actually, Paulie. I don't know why. I just have, I guess it would be the wrong colour for you, but I do like a uke. When I'm cleaning, when I'm cleaning, cleaning windows, windows. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew that was coming. I wonder how many people in the I wonder how many people in the uh, in the chat knew that was coming and sang those words along with us. Is that the title now, that, of the show? I, when I'm cleaning windows, I think it might have to be. Actually, I'm just going to put that in there. Uh, title: When I'm cleaning windows, yeah, I think it might have to be, and then I can clip that. Uh, when I'm cleaning windows, yeah, I think. That's, oh yeah. God! I wonder if that. I think the copyright is probably uh, gone on that already because it must have been more than seventy years or getting close to seventy years. <laughs> since, must have uh, been. Must have been. Oh, and I it's a new recording, of course. What was his George name? George Formby. George Formby, of course. The, um, my my wife genu genuinely thinks that the grill, the George Foreman grills, are George Formby grills. It's like, <laughs> you know, he made them. You know, it, as a little invented, yeah, they were they were invent they were invented by him in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've only just become made. Yeah, that's a brilliant, that's brilliant. It. Excellent. I like that. Um, okay, right. Oh, yeah, there's just uh, the, the chat's going by so fast. I can't I can't even pick any to, to throw in there. But there are lots of great comments in in the chat. Yeah, that's uh, some great ones. Uh, Shout uh, out to yeah, Rich Blood. Hilton, who's in, in the chat. Hey, Rich. Ah, nice. Hey, Rich. Mr. How you Hilton. doing, Rich? And I see you I th on tour with the uh, with Sheik. I think are they doing Duran Duran at the moment in the US. I believe they are, aren't they? Yeah, Something I think like I that. Saw, yeah. I think I, I thought I've seen. You could tell when Rich is on tour because he he basically usually posts a picture of today's office, and it's like some ridiculous amount of people in a huge stadium or bowl super yeah. bowl somewhere just kind of all enjoying themselves it must be what a what a great way to spend your working your working day or evening <laughs> Not bad, eh? it is a t it's a hard life but it's uh, that's the sort of stuff that uh, really has got to make you feel good sure okay right let's have a look i think actually what i'm going to do is uh, i'll i'm going to do the um uh, the ad from uh, um, Baby Audio. I'll get it out of the way because I know we we actually have quite a lot of questions this week as well. So we, do, don't we? Uh, we can maybe we can maybe use those in in place of uh, some of my B list pro uh, um, <laughs> topics that have made it. Anyway, uh, Baby Audio makes creative effects plugins designed to add color and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 and Future Music and Computer Music Magazine nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Uh, try and why not try Super VHS, inspired by the sounds of the 80s, with six degradation effects to make your tracks sound like they came out for VHS tape. Lo-fi plugin that brings you back to a 1980s aesthetics, very on trend at the moment. Get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15 over at babyaudio.com. 
www.stfifteen.com. That's the code ST15 to get your discount. Right. Uh, oh, we got a super chat. I think these are working. Uh, yeah, we seem to. Uh, uh, super chat, Wagyu, PCBA coming on the Christmas show. That's a great shout, actually. Thanks very much for that, Wagyu. Uh, uh, and Geosynths. Oh, you're very, very kind. I think that's because we plugged his event, but he doesn't have to. But it's also Aww. very kind of him. Thank you very much. Um, 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 and the good news is uh, they're, they're actually working because uh, they haven't been <laughs> for a long time. There's been a blockage <laughs> in the pipes. Okay, right. Let's see where we go next. Um, I uh, oh yeah, this I haven't again. I haven't got a video for this because if I have video, cool. we would get busted for it. But uh, this is the fantastic bit of news. Janet Jackson broke my computer. This is an awesome news item. Uh, this was over on the register, and what it is um, essentially, uh, this is news that sort of came out subsequently because obviously at the time, it wasn't the sort of thing that uh, that was wanted to be the case. We think it was probably it was certain computers which had a certain brand of uh, 5400 rpm laptop hard drive and uh yeah. the track rhythm nation which was uh, terry jam and, and lewis and i know that um was it jam and lewis or jam and spoon i forget which uh fantastically produced stuff i mean that whole janet jackson apoc had some really good stuff in it but it yeah. had um Definitely. it's been recognized as a cyber security exploit because what it actually was there's, there's a resonant frequency in the track that if you played it in the speakers it, it would crash the hard drive only a specific brand because of the wow. resonant frequency just crashes the head and the whole thing would die and this was obviously uh, has now come out late. i mean you know i don't think anybody is going to have any problems with it now i mean it's been fixed years ago but hang on hang what on. a fan <laughs> well are you but i know paul is in trouble because you've got i have a bunch of toshiba laptops from about 97 which might have 5400 rpm hard drives in so I'm going to just make a sticker. It's going to have a silhouette of Janet Jackson on, and it's going to have like a, a line through it. And it's going to be like, this is a no, no Jackson zone. <laughs> and make it look like an old PC laptop sticker. That's awesome. So, yeah, but I mean, it's it's, it, what's interesting is that the, the, this kind of, and this uh, um, this was covered on uh, Twit, which is a podcast I listen to, twi uh, twit.tv, which is uh, Leo Laporte's uh, podcast. And uh, they, they were talking about it, but there were also apparently other tracks and other instances where certain resonant frequencies from certain tracks would uh, vibrate the um, the power rails because they were too close to the speakers on certain models, wow. and that would shut it down as well. I mean, this is, I mean, you know, Matt, we've, we've, had, we've experienced it before where there used to be, you know, you have to use an SSD for live if you're using a laptop because the bass vibrations oh, yeah. could crash a hard drive. I mean, we've been there. Oh, this is, I guess, a similar thing to that. Yeah, I mean, would you believe it? I I saw a photo the other day of a, a Manchester City footballer in the 1960s or whatever, and he was putting a record into his portable record player in his car. So um, <laughs> I don't know if that was a real thing or not, but um, record players in cars, imagine that. I'm sure, surely yeah. if you take a, you go to, yeah, exactly, jumping about. Um, I'm Off-road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play the dubious one on this one. I... I think it's it, it could be likely that you could play a particular frequency on one of these old laptops and it causes it to to, to, to freak out, sure. I think that's a possibility. Um, um, but it does make me wonder as well because, you know, you've got to have the right speakers to reproduce that frequency and consistently exactly. and then that's got to be loud enough. And yeah. So I'm just playing a bit of a, a yeah. devil's advocate here. But I think it's kind of fun. I mean... I, I used to have a lot of fun with old technology in that way and trying to misuse it and things like um, if anyone remembers things like LimeWire and downloading music illegally, I used to upload loads of my music up there to under the name Kylie and really <laughs> big performers back in the day. And I used to get millions of downloads <laughs> and people would be downloading stuff. And it was just like really weird kind of all tech glitchy stuff. <laughs> Um, but I was getting millions of downloads, but obviously completely wrong target audience, you know, because we're all teenagers. So they weren't then going and clicking onto my website or whatever. They were just no. like, what's this? This is rubbish. But yeah. Um, That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Great, like, great like guerrilla marketing, though, I'd imagine. Great, yeah, great idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, Banksy once um, made a load of, um, I think Paris Hilton had an album out and he made an alternative remixed version of Paris Hilton's album and and cut words out and called one of the tracks like do drugs or something like that and then he put loads of um 
kind of artwork in it. And then he popped them in the um, CD trays at like HMV in Oxford Street in London. So you were thinking you were picking up the real Paris Hilton album, but you were getting his sort of alternate kind of take on it. So that's kind of a, another art kind of, I guess, art but, guerrilla more warfare. Import- but more importantly, you were getting some kind of original Banksy, which is probably worth, I mean, yes. you know, goodness knows what, you know, if you, know. you still have one of those. Yeah. A friend of mine, yeah. a friend of mine uh, from Bristol uh, knew Banksy and Banksy used to lodge in his in his attic. Uh, he wouldn't tell me who really? he was. And, and he painted a mural in his, in his, um, uh, in, on his attic wall. And it was, and, the, and they, you know, went and they painted over it and it, it was, oh, no. you know, it could have been, yeah, it could have been. But I mean, before all of this was, was a thing. So. I, I think it's Neil Buchanan of Art Attack. Remember Neil Buchanan from the TV show Art Attack? I think that's Banksy. Right. <laughs> that's my Because he's in a band a and he think... tours all over the place. So I think it's right. Neil Buchanan. Definitely. People, think it's, uh, people think it's one of the Massive Attack guys. I think it's, uh, I forgot, 3D. The guy, not Daddy G. 3D. That's 3D right. from it. Massive Attack. I mean, oh, well, yeah, think I it. think we all know it's him now, don't we? I mean, we all know. Um, one I thing I was so. going to say, though, about technology. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, one thing about technology, like you saying playing live, you know, you've got to have an SSD drive and that kind of thing. Now, definitely, I remember back in the day, things would start falling apart a bit if there was too much bass frequencies going on. But um, I've been to gigs before and I've seen people on stage running things on, you know, with iPad controllers, OSE controllers and all that kind of thing. They're creating, uh, they're just using Bluetooth or they're using Wi-Fi. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, the, the Bluetooth's got no password on it or the, the Wi-Fi's got no password on it. And I could if I wanted to, because I've got the same app on my phone start interacting with their live set um because i'm on their i'm on the, either their bluetooth or i'm on their on their wi-fi so if i wanted to i could have opened Ooh. up osc and maybe start you start playing around with somebody else's live set from the audience so be careful of that people yeah oh yeah don't don't assume nobody's going to try that at some point that would be yeah, yeah very you need passwords on on stuff definitely Definitely. So you're right there, Paulie. You said I heard a sort of gas-like uh, incident in your <laughs> in your studio. Off. I hope nothing's broken. Now he's gone. Maybe oh, something is gone. broken. Your sound's gone. Uh, no, nope, so it's fine. You... All good. Okay. Okay. Um, few. My battery I, I, I few. was about to run out. My battery was ah. about to just go. So it, was it was the like, ghost of George mm. Formby. It was. <laughs> So I reached for the cable and knocked my little audio interface off, but everything seems fine. So everything's all right. No, nothing to see here. It's all fine. Okay. Well, look. Why don't we get into a couple of uh, uh, questions because we do actually have quite a lot, and I think it'd be interesting to sort of see. So, right. I, I'm going to go first. With, we'll go with uh, this one. Maybe we'll get this one done quickly because uh, this is from uh, Division. Uh, no, it's not. It's that one, isn't it? This is the one. D, uh, uh, AD Vision, uh, why are most groove boxes and drum machines only have four bars? And I thought, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. you are, you're, you're a big fan of that sort of stuff. I mean, what, what do you think, Paulie? Um, I've noticed this, actually. Sometimes instruments don't really have sequences. They more just have kind of complex arpeggiators. I think the answer is... The manufacturers expect you to to be using a DAW now, don't they? And they yeah, I think that's they it. often they often just basically peg their sequences as more creative modulation source. You know, like on Op Six and Modwave mm. and stuff like that. I think it's only sixteen steps on that, so it becomes more of a creative modulation source than an actual proper sequence. And I think it's just down to kind of market um you know uh trends basically um but yeah i've got a lot of stuff with old linear sequences on you know like groove boxes from the 90s or synths from the 90s and it was very much a thing of you'd make your whole track on it you know if you think of like um the podigy using the w30 for everything just making the entire track Mm. on that w30 sequencer (laughs) stuff like that that, so um it's trends i think 
It's true. I, I think. I mean, I Matt. I don't know about you. I mean, I think um, it's because it's much harder to make an interface though, where it would be easy to create phrases longer than that, and have, create a paradigm where you could work on more. Because you're going to have to usually have pages, and pages are, are even on. I find it even on the Keystep and Keystep Pro. I'm like, okay, where am I? I, I really, you know, it's just hard to keep track of longer patterns. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think. If I'm interpreting the question right, I think what they're saying is why on a drum machine is there always, you know, sections of four, which usually equals 16 right. steps. Um, and why are they in divisions of four? And my understanding is that when drum machines were first designed and incorporated into popular music, they were designed for popular music, which usually dictates a 4-4 a four, four structure in popular music. Right. So that's what they were designed for and to be used. And it wasn't until later on when we started getting digital drum machines that then we was able to change per track um, divisions. We could multiply them. We could have them running at three steps instead of 16 and that kind of thing. You know, the machine drum comes to mind as by Electron and as one of the early kind of like, wow, this is something where you can yeah. really, you can really mess things up. And in the same way, um, if any of you have ever wondered why, when you look at mixing desk or a sound card, um, you will see them in banks of 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 100, da 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 And again, mm -hmm. my understanding is that this, again, comes from, um, well, we traditionally had four-track machines, and then they doubled the amount, eight-track, and then to 16 and 32 and so on and so forth. So I wonder if, if that is kind of, that standard has been built on this kind of legacy of introdu introducing mm. them. And, and we've kind of just kept with it um, sure. because we need some kind of framework, I suppose, when we're yeah. developing any music technology equipment, they usually should be a, a framework that you're going to work within. Because imagine if somebody did do a drum machine and it only had five steps on it and that was it. You'd be like, well, hang on a minute. That just, it just doesn't fit within this framework of what we're trying to do <laughs> um could be interesting though yeah can i talk yeah. about yamaha okay. for a second just for one oh, minute yeah. okay so even on their early instruments like the rx11 from 1984 they had different time signatures and stuff so they were really ahead of the the game you know and uh, this little fella here the Roy 30 which mine circuit bent from about 1990 has it too. Um, I think that Yamaha are missing a bit of a trick because a lot of people love their their sequences on their groove boxes. There's one they made called the, I think it's the RS7000 from the mm. late 90s. Oh, yeah. Sampling yeah, groove box. People still use them to this day as their main sequences. And I think... I've seen on Gearspace or, you know, the other sites, quite often people just saying, please make a new RS7000 Yamaha, you know, chuck the sequencer and because, you know, the knobs and the buttons are getting worn and stuff like that. So mm. uh, I think Yamaha had it right um, in terms of drum machine interfaces, maybe not so much synth interfaces, um, but drum machine uh, interfaces. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, fair point. Okay, we better move on. There are a lot more questions. Right, okay. So uh, now I think I, I feel, well, th uh, this is via uh, Nick Howes. Uh, so I'm just going to, oh, well, I need to press the button. Hello, Nick. Go. I'm just pressing hey, it. Have I done that? Hey, right, okay. So I've just got to wait for that to go live and then I can, yes. Does that mean that's going to work? But yeah, this is from Nick Howes. I guess it was originally via YouTube. Uh, any thoughts on Akai's MPC-61 having so many uh, bugs and CPU issues? Now, this is probably in reference to the Ben Jordan video that came out, which, yeah. which was, he was kind of pretty pissed. He bought himself one because he thought it would fix his issues with uh, for live and he needed to simplify his setup. And he just found it, uh, there were various bugs and he was kind of quite cross. And I suppose quite rightly yeah. so. And that is a it's a fair question. Um, well, what do you think, Paulie? It didn't. It didn't really happen so much back in the day, did it? Because you needed EPROMs or or what have you to upgrade operating systems. So I think manufacturers totally made their um, 
products rock solid mostly there were a few notable exceptions um but now because things are so easy to update it's like video games or something else isn't it firmware is always in a state of flux um so i think it's it's quite disappointing um i don't know much about this product but if it's shipped with serious bugs then maybe it should have been delayed a little bit more you know yeah, I don't know how it. it works because, I mean, obviously the relationship between marketing slots and manufacturing slots, I mean, yeah. the pressure on the software team must be vast on on, on any product sure. like this. Because I know, I know the people who do the Akai, good people. I think it's I, I, the, 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 the complexity of a product like this must make it incredibly difficult. But, yeah, we shouldn't really be beta testers for things, particularly if they're supposed to work live. I mean, live, you can't have things like that happening. No. Yeah, I agree. We we shouldn't really be beta testers. I don't really have any more to add than what, what's kind of already been said, but it is a shame. These things do happen. Um, and, you know, there are some products out there that really never got any better, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and then they actually stopped developing them. The Tempest, yeah. for example, by DSi um, comes to mind, unfortunately. Um, Great sounding not thing. That, um, Great sounding great sounding thing an awesome machine just it just wasn't it wasn't complete it wasn't complete and uh uh and it's a shame i don't think they they did the open source on that in the end which which no. could have been good or did they did they say no here here's sure. the keys yeah Open i'm not sure that's yeah. a good question I th i'm sure the chat room will know the guy who uh, yeah i mean there the are there are other ones hold on there's another one coming yeah. up here this is uh uh What's that Pioneer uh, Pioneer SP16 and the Squid? Yes, that's another one that's uh, that's worth worth mentioning as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. I guess the answer to the question is no. We shouldn't be beta testers, but inevitably we will sure. be to a degree. As products become so complicated, it yeah. may be difficult to test every eventuality. And like you say, Paulie, because it's updatable afterwards, there's this sort of less of a, a less of a cliff edge when, when you're releasing a product yeah. and that's that you know you don't want to print however many thousand or tens of thousands faulty firmware that is impossible to update i mean that would be no. a nightmare that would be <laughs> just yikes you don't want to recall imagine that no yeah. okay um, um well we do have an sorry um uh, did you want to did you want to add something there no you? no it's all good it's all good we can save it for another time i had a little thought <laughs> Okay, well, we've got another question. This is from Ambient LFO uh, via Twitter, because uh, Twitter uh, questions have been coming in. Incidentally, if you do want to put in a question uh, uh, via Twitter, you just tweet to at Sonic State uh, and start with QQ, and that will show up, and it means that they come in in advance and we can give them to the panel a little bit. So here's one. Uh, this is from uh, Ambient LFO via Twitter. Is there still a place for mid-90s to early-2000s VA synths in the studio today? I, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind starting on that one. Yes, I think yes yeah. is the question is the answer to that. But primarily because, particularly from what we were talking about earlier, which is you know as things become new, things are more expensive and scarcer. There were a lot of these things made, and they they can still all be misused and missed and broken. Yes. I know you you were you were in that as well, there, Matt. So what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, have you got any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, why not? I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm just not one of these sort of people who would walk into anyone's studio and say, oh, you know, there's no place for that or I'm not using this. No way. And particularly 90s stuff. I mean, I used a lot of the 90s stuff and, and then to get your hands back on it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, it does this. I remember these little tricks. And um, I've actually got a, a really cool VA synth here, which will be coming to the Sonic State site soon, which I'm going to be reviewing, which I won't go into too much now. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it's even made its way into all this euro rack business would you believe it so um yeah i'm i'm it's just an easy yes for me defo oh just want a bit of clarification what's a va synth va synth is kind of virtual analog synth so it would be something like uh the JD800 or the Access Virus or the, the things which, or the Quasimidi uh, Raven, let's say, you know, things that Raven, had a lot of yeah. virtual uh, d d DSP stuff at, um, rather than pure analog. And it was, it was after the kind of FM and LA synthesis kind of wave, it was the next generation yeah. really before we got back In into fact, kind of analog. I, re I reckon we're going to see the price hike on things like those 90s ones 
um, yeah. on eBay. You know, if we're not getting new stuff coming out, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, I, I wonder if we're going to see a massive price hike on all these 90s VA suddenly on eBay. So like, oh, yeah, let's get Inevitable. on our hands yeah, on yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it'll be like it'll be like vintage jeans that you that yes. you get on vintage or whatever. The, <laughs> that sort of stuff, right? It's interesting, though, isn't it? This is like a, this is kind of sort of millennial Gen Z nostalgia in a way. These VA synths, you know. So we look back on them in a kind of very sort of fond way. It doesn't really matter if they mimic analog very, very well, uh, very well, or sometimes you don't want it to mimic analog very well. You want that kind of aliasing kind of gnarly kind of thing. You know, think of something like the MS 2000. Nothing oh, sounds like the MS 2000. It is absolutely it. untamed digital, you know, kind of brash. Yeah brushness with all those dws uh, gs waveforms and ring modulators yeah. and stuff like that so just remember tiny it really uh, sort of inconveniently small tiny knobs, knobs i seem to yeah <laughs> yeah so, yes, but, but uh, i think that um vas have a, a great place in the studio and it's not necessarily for mimicking analog it's because some of them have really cool odd little features of their own do you know what i mean let's let's for for an in for for one instance let's look at the novation ultra nova and mini nova which i know mm. you've played nick so they've got as well as va oscillators they've got wavetables in and then you get to this mixing section and you've got things like wave shapers bit crushers distortion i think there's a ring mod as a very sort of digital ring mod in there and you go to a territory completely out of, I mean, unless you've got a massive, massive Euro rack full of incredibly stable oscillators that can all do through zero FM and stuff like that. You go to these territories, which are very, very outside the realm of, of analog, you know, you go into these kind of icy caves of exploration. So that's what I use VAs for really. Yeah, uh, wow, Rich Hittles just donated. Yep, yeah, no, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And the, the Novation stuff is really, uh, is quite unique. I mean, in many ways, it was ahead of its time. Um, and, you know, was sure. was it was really, really quite a powerful thing. I just want to say thanks to Rich for uh, the £20 drink. For, in fact, I'll probably see him again sometime this summer. So I'll probably end up buying him a drink with his own donation. There, there we go. <laughs> Cheers, Rich. Thanks very much. That's ever so kind. Um, well, let's flip round. Now, we've answered a number of those questions. Let's uh, let's maybe pick up this. Uh, this is one more. Uh, uh, this is, has got a video. And this is uh, the Sound Toys, yeah. finally. Now. Gets VST and that kind of ruins our bottom. And it's now in beta, but VST3 and M1. So this is a long awaited thing. And Sound Toys, as we know, they they do advertise quite heavily on the site. And lots of people have been saying, where's the new plugins? Where's And we've been talking to them saying, oh, we're, you know, let's do something on your new stuff. And it's been not coming. This is, and I think this is, you know, we were led to believe that updating to M1 and VST3, which has been sort of, enforced on plug-in manufacturers okay they've had a lot of time to deal with it it's perhaps not as an easy ride as as we thought when you're doing it across an entire range because you've got to you've got to i mean this is great you can download the beta uh, uh um from sound toy beta.soundtoys.com i believe you just need active stuff and it'll work or you could do it on the 30-day demo when i expect it will come along so you could try it out if you're going to buy any stuff but native instruments haven't done it yet and they've got a ton of stuff i mean this is quite yeah. scary really when you think you know, we're getting we're getting to second generation Apple Silicon. You know, uh, there'll be a number of more releases past the the last version of Cubase that wouldn't support VST. Anything other than mm. VST. I mean, we we're really getting into kind of like yikes territory. But this is great news for for Soundtoys, obviously, and, and Soundtoys users. Definitely. I mean, I'm the kind of person where I still run Windows XP on my main music computer. <laughs> so Security i live in that ecosystem I, it's not online so it's not ah. a computer that's online and i just copy wav files over so it's um it's i still live in that ecosystem but i know that if you are a person who wants to upgrade you want to get the most kind of powerful thing because my workflow to be honest is i mix lots of things down 
I mix like groups of stems right. down and then treat them as samples and mangle them, etc., and do little, you know, ins and outs on them. And uh, but if you're someone who wants to take your projects from an older computer and put it into your new computer and get it to somehow work, then I think that this kind of stuff, this kind of updating is essential by manufacturers, you know. Uh, because the world, you know, as much as someone like me likes to live in the past musically, um, in terms of music production, I think about 2006 is my happy place for, for instruments and music production. Um, the world is moving forward. The world's moving forward. New computers are coming out all the time and, uh, and people need to update basically their plugins. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and I think it's, it is a board mat, but uh, I, I know, I mean, because you're working a lot in Bitwig, I know you do use a lot of plugins as well, but I mean, your your workflow is probably less typical than maybe a lot of users. Well, yeah, I mean, when I do have to go in the box, I, I, I think I said this on the last uh, show, people, uh, the question from somebody in the, in the chat or whatever, and by the way, I love these questions from people, um, the the question was, you know, what VSTs are you going to? And, and mine is sound toys that's in there. These, these, these people just got it right, you know, straight from the offset. Uh, they've got sure. the delays. They've got the weird stuff going on, like with the crystallizer. They've got the distortion going on. They've got the pitching stuff going on. And, um, you know, for anyone who's in education, you know, you can get that whole package for about, I think it's about $250 or something. Um, that's great. And, and I, I just love the the fact that I've never had really. I don't think I've had any issues with their plugins. They're they're always rock solid. They introduced the effect rack as well, which was an interesting way of combining the effects and putting them together. So I like the fact that they they really focus on the quality of the output that they're doing um, rather than quantity. Even though there is a lot that you get in the in the package, and. VST3 is, is essential, really. Um, it, it, my understanding that the, 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 the pros that you get with VST3 is essentially better processing. It can, you can potentially run more of these plugins, that kind of thing. But you also mentioned Bitwig, Nick, and I was really excited about um, Clap, which was brought in mm. recently this year with Yuhi, yeah. um, whereby you've got you got modulation parameters per voice on polyphonic instruments and things like that. Now, it doesn't really yeah. apply to sound toys because they don't have any polyphonic instruments. Um, but I, I do often wonder um, if sound toys were going to get into that world of creating an instrument rather than the effects, um, what they might do um, and what their take might be on it and whether it would be something really original and a bit weird and a bit off you know, or would would it be something that incorporates all of the effects that they've got, like the crystallizer and the the phase mistress and the echo boy, and, and that echo boy is brilliant, by the way. Combining that into some kind of synthesis engine might be really, really interesting. That's something I've often thought about before when I'm using their plugins. Yeah, I mean, they've they've really got the filtering and the distortion kind of. They they're the first amongst the first to nail that. So, I mean, and and I assume once they've got you know any company once they've got over that that hill of having to to kind of uh, standardize and, and getting up to scratch then they can start focusing mm. on the kind of the new stuff because you can't really build new stuff in technology that you're about to not so, no longer support because sure. it, it's just a, an awful nightmare and, and you know maybe they don't have as many coders at their disposal as as you know we like to think a lot of these companies are you know a bloke in his room and somebody in sales and marketing you know i'm not saying that's yeah. what the case with them I'm, I'm sure there's more to it than that but you know often the companies that we think of as massive are not as massive as we think i'm, I'm always meeting people they, at trade shows and they're kind of going oh are you it is that it then oh you know, yeah, yeah. Sound what, toys. what do you expect I'm, i meet sound toys every every time i'm at a trade show and they're such a lovely group of people uh, yeah. and then oh. you go in yuhi's tent and it's kind of like it's yuhi and <laughs> um, um, <laughs> it's not just him there's there's a few others and what have you it's really interesting meeting these teams and talking to them and if you anyone is ever at a trade show and you meet these people that always want your feedback. They want to know about how people are using 
their software and oh. what ideas they have. Um, and particularly, I, I'm always the first in Bitwig's tenant, and I'm like, what about this? And what about that? And um, this doesn't quite work for me. And that, and they're like, okay, brilliant. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. So so try and make those connections yeah. with developers if you're out there. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a good idea, I would say. Oh, interesting. Well, it's great. We've had all these questions. Uh, and uh, um, I'm sorry if we haven't got around to all of them. We're now uh, an hour in. I mean, maybe we, we're just going to need to have a longer show, but that means everybody's got to be available for more. But uh, do appreciate <laughs> it. Do keep them coming. Uh, and it's mostly working. I've, I figured out I figured out how to make it work, although my system's not quite working. Because I've now got a screen where I see all the questions coming past. I could administrate them. This is where I've been trying to get to for ages. Because if we just use comments you know the, the comment would have gone past but what i could do is pull them yeah. out and put them in another list which are then i've got a short list and i can go okay let's answer that one and it's just i've i've been tweaking my ui and it doesn't work properly but it's it's okay it's okay we're going to get there in the end uh, thank you so much for joining us matt um you're going to do your six o'clock stream with matt tech right so uh, uh what am, else yeah. is going on in your in your world what have you got to plug um i've got something arrived today can i show it nick I'm going to be sure. Go on. Okay. Well, you're like oh, an excited child. The whole time we've been on here because I just oh. got it out of the box. But this is uh, oh hello, got it's big. And this is going to be um, I'm going to be reviewing this for Sonic State. So keep an eye out for that, folks. Going to be it's playing like around with that one. Gray kind of brutalist looking cool. piece of equipment. I love yeah. It. Well, really actually, <laughs> um, this 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 means the time I can plug because what we're doing, we, we're introducing an upper tier on uh, on Patreon, and the idea is, uh, you know. We let you know what we've got coming in for review. You can ask questions prior yeah. to the review and also questions slightly after the review. And then shortly after the review's published, we'll collate those questions from our Patreons and we'll make an exclusive video sort of addressing some of those things just for them. And that's a kind of a Patreon perk. Oh, so, uh, and Matt, I might ask you to, to just do a little uh, video at some point just to say, I've got it. What do you want to know? Uh, and, you know, this is for, for our Patreons. Sure. So that's one thing that we'll be doing, which in case uh, you were wondering, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. That's a, uh, yeah so that's, that's a great comment. idea and don't and just to remind you as well i did the um the poly cinema and the kickane as well and if if you're on on the patreon with nick you'll um there's some kick samples on there as well that you can access to as well yeah people dump but, those um, yeah and um yeah so that's it so hopefully i'll see some of you later on at six o'clock where i'm chatting to matt um, and if you've got any questions, join us live so you can ask those questions about, you know, what's going on in, in this sort of climate these days. And if you're thinking about setting up your own shop or selling anything professionally, he's the one for this. So, um, yeah, I'll see you all at six. Yeah, nice one. And uh, Paulie, Thanks, thank you so much. I, Matt, are you kind of, are you at no the worries. point now where every, you, you keep one ear out of your headphones just in case uh, you get the call? Paul! <laughs> It's starting. We've got to go. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Um, imminent parent, it's, yeah. It's imminent parent kind of, uh, you know, standby. But that's okay. I'm just kind of in, enjoying, like, every last minute of freedom I've got, you know, by doing fun things like this and, and you know, seeing people and, and having a blast. And also by making videos. So I've actually, I'm putting an, up an episode one and a half today. It's just a very quick sort of thrown together video that I filmed this morning just so people can see what's in my bunker, what's in my studio. And uh, I'll, I'll do a shaky sort of fly through the studio, just pausing at various uh, little interesting bits, you know, because I want to see what people want to, me to cover on the channel. I've got, as I said, I bought up... In between about 2002 and 2010, I bought up all this really weird stuff while it was cheap because no one knew about it, you know? Um, and and it's all in there now. And I'm like, well, what do you want to see? What, what do you want me to do yeah. a video on? So there we go. Yeah, good plan, good plan. Yeah. Oh, actually, there's another thing that we're doing. We've recently uh, had a slight technology uh, leap where we're, what we're looking for are 
anybody who's got a sort of favourite music store or synth store anywhere in the world, get in mm. touch with us because uh, we'd like to do like a little remote tour. Show us around your local music store. Uh, we're just trying it as a new feature. So do get in touch. Oh, that's uh, you can do that via the contact form and we can do it remotely and then kind of cut together a piece. And I just think it'd be kind of fun to try and support some of the smaller retailers and, and get that all going. Fantastic. But uh, anyway... Anyway, that is it for this week. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, everybody, in the chats as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for all your questions. Don't forget that we'll be doing questions again. And if you've got questions you want to do in advance, uh, Twitter, uh, tweet to at Sonic State with uh, QQ and then your question, and then we'll we'll pick that up and it can go in the list and we can pass it on to the panellists sort of before the show. So if there's any prep needed, it can it can happen anyway. That's it for this week. Episode 725. Uh, there it is, the Percons. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks very much for watching, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye now.